Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us milehighsports.com. You can listen 98.1 FM, 107.5. HD3. You can also reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, it is going to be a beautiful weekend. Hopefully the snow is gone, so you want to go out for a drive, right? Well, I got a great suggestion for you. Why don't you check out the website, denverexoticrentalcars.com, and check out the fleet of cars that you can rent. I'm not talking about renting a car from Avis. I'm not talking about renting a car from Budget. I'm talking about the type of car that you have always dreamed of driving. Okay? So what do I mean by the type of cars you've always dreamed of driving? Well, let's take a look. How about a Lamborghini? How about a BMW i8 hybrid supercar, a McLaren, a Maserati, a Dodge Viper. Want to drive an Aston Martin? Yeah, you could do that at Denver Exotic Rental Cars. You could take it out for three hours. You could take it out for the day. You could take it out for the weekend. Denver Exotic Rental Cars has your fix if you have the need for speed in a great luxury, high-performance automobile. So with that, Go to their website, denverexoticrentalcars.com, or give them a call today. 720-722-1234. 720-722-1234. Whether this is for you, or you want to give a birthday gift, or you want to do an anniversary gift, or you want to show up in one of these cars on a first date, go to denverexoticrentalcars.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a longtime friend of ours, Peter McNabb. You can catch him on Altitude and Sports and Entertainment. Peter, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Good. When you and I uh, were talking on the phone probably for about a half hour this morning, Mandy was in the room, and I said to her, do you know who Peter McNabb is? She goes, well, of course I do. I had dinner with him. Remember when we had dinner at that event, that golf event? I think it was me, you, and Mark Randall. She goes, I love Peter. I said, well, (laughs) let's not get carried away here. I was going to say, it was was obviously a very good night for me. (laughs) Well, and she was drinking a lot, but I digress. The uh, Avs have won eight of their last nine. Grubauer has been fantastic, and the Avs have roughly averaged, oh, let's just call it five goals a game over their last seven. Why are the Avalanche winning? Is it because of Grubauer? Is it because of the offense? Or, man, just everything is clicking at the right time. You know, I think probably the the last thing you said, everything has come together. I think that being said, Grubauer has been this way all season. He has been, without question, their most consistent game one to with game 32 now, I guess, um, for the Avalanche. And, you know, with the injuries here and, and, you know, little things back and forth, I think Rantanen is close. But I think as far as their MVP game in, game out, Grubauer has been it. And so uh, that part has been consistent. The scoring went up and down a little bit, 
uh, I guess probably the most exciting part if you're an Avalanche fan is the fact that this version of the Avalanche is as good defensively as they've had in a really, really long time. And I'm talking, you know, every the, the game changes, the game moves in different directions. And right now it's about speed, quickness, first pass, jumping up into the play, the defenseman, the forwards coming back with speed, and the avalanche with Coach Bedner's now in his fifth year. You know, he's, he really has put in a system that works for this group. And they've got really good players. I mean, you got McCarr, you've got Girard, you've got Taves, you've got this kid Bo Byram coming along. Graves is, is playing his best hockey. So it's a group that fits really well in today's NHL, and they're playing, you know, a lot of them on top of their game. And the forwards, again, they, they went through a dry spell. And, uh, you know, you, but the defense kept them in so many games. And now it's just, you know, there's been games where it's been borderline ridiculous how they have dominated games. Just, you know, the, the Minnesota game comes to mind. I mean, you don't very often, and I was trying to think when, um, get 55 shots on goal against a club that you're, you basically walked in. They were actually hotter than you were when you played them. So, uh, you know, I think it's just right now, It's this is a really good look at how good the Avalanche can be. Grubauer in particular, this season he's on pace for his best goals against average, his best save percentage, and has been absolutely, like you mentioned, like lights out in the past couple of weeks. What has been the difference for him this year in terms of just getting even better than he was prior to this season? You know, it's one of those things I can never tell you about a goalie. I don't know why, um, how they think, what works for them, what they have to do. I do know that last year, you know, he was in the bubble with the Avalanche, and he had been hurt at the end of the season. So, you know, you weren't sure if he was going to be back for the playoffs, but then the pause happened. They came back for the bubble, and before he got hurt, he was 5-0-1. And I am firmly, firmly convinced that if Grubauer had been healthy for the entire run, uh, the Avalanche would have played Vegas in the next round and I think go- gone up against Tampa Bay for the Stanley Cup because, he, you know, he he was back playing that way. But I think, you know, if if I'm guessing, because we haven't been around the players this year, so you can't ask them the kind of questions or when you're just sitting around in the lobby or whatever, I'm sure that he just said, you know what, this has just never happened to me again. I am never going to get hurt. Uh, I am going to do everything I can. And he has come in and been so focused. And he's, to me, one of the things that he's really done well, he's pulled a Patrick Waugh. And when I say that, I mean Patrick Waugh, the Avalanche, no matter how good they were, they'd every once in a while go through these phases where the first period, they didn't seemingly want to be there. (laughs) And the other team would just pour it on. Patrick would keep him in the game. Then the lights would go on, and Sackick and Forsberg and the guys would just, all of a sudden you'd win 6-1. And you'd say, oh, well, Patrick didn't have a busy night. And you go, wait a minute, if he doesn't do what he did in the first period, the game's over. You know, you go down to Arizona a couple of games ago, and he makes a save against Kessel right off the bat. And Arizona needed something to get them going against the Avalanche. He dropped them. Last night, it's one nothing real early, and Smith gets a breakaway, and he snuffs them. So instead of 2 nothing, and a minute and a half into the game, it's one nothing, and then the Avalanche just gradually picked it up and, and took that game pretty easily. So uh, that's what he is doing. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I've watched teams be comfortable in front of a goaltender. I, I watched when I played in Boston, for example, there was a, a Hall of Fame goaltender, Jerry Cheevers. We just, 
I absolutely believed that we were never going to lose when Cheesy was in net. Uh, you know, I, I watched Brodeur in, in New Jersey. Same thing. Obviously, Patrick here. There's a belief, and I think right now he has created that belief in his team from his teammates, and that's really all that matters. His teammates that, hey, you know what? Our goaltender is better than their goaltender, and so we're going to win this game. We are talking with Peter McNabb. You can catch him on Altitude Sports and Entertainment. Of course, he's all things Avalanche, and in his NHL career, he only scored 263 more goals than I did during my NHL career. The NHL trade deadline is coming up. It's going to be April 12th. If you could pick one player who you know would be available, would you take a forward to add to the offense, or would you say, you know what, we got to get Grubauer some rest and try and find yourself a backup goalie? Well, you know, you're asking me a question where we have absolutely no answer because you've got I, I, I hearken you back. Peter, you, Peter, Peter, if you have no answers, why did we bring you on the show? Be, because you brought me on the show because you love my voice. I do. Just, no, I do. What's not to love? No, I mean, I do. You, know, you know why I brought you on the show? I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you why we brought you on the show, Peter. Because you're a good guy, and that's why you were always a top 10 finalist for the Lady Bing Award for most gentlemanly play. You are, are you a gentleman. Are, are you through? Jeepers, creepers. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the situation is you're talking about if you're talking about a long-term defense, a defense coming in. Now, what is the situation with Eric Johns? Yeah. Now, he would be if, if you could bring an ideal player in for the Avalanche defensive court would be Eric Johnson, but he's on long-term injury reserve. What now, about Ryan Ellis? Well, now you're not. See, now you're interrupting here. So, shh, quiet. Well, we know each other obviously well <laughs> enough where you could do this to me live. But here's the, but you see now that would be the per- but we're not around the team enough to know is Eric Johnson going to be a possibility to come back, and I can I'll take you back to uh, what I was talking about the the first year the Avalanche played. Yui Krupp got hurt game one against the uh, Detroit Red Wings in that very first game that they played, and he was all season long with a knee injury. And Pierre Lacroix came to the trainer and said, "Is he going to be back for the playoffs?" If not, I have to make a trade. And the trainer said, no, he'll be back. And crossed his fingers and hoped that he was. Well, obviously, you know, he he got back and he scored the game-winning goal in overtime to clinch the cup. So we don't know inside that locker room who, like, where is Francois as far as coming back? Because, you know, with this flat salary cap, you know, there's not a lot of room to bring a guy in if you want to then bring in Johnson. Is he going to be available? There's so many more things going on this year than in other years because of the flat cap and because of the fact that you don't really know uh, the situation surrounding players. You know, that, you know you've, you've got the group right now uh, up front. You know, what would, what, would you, what would you want? You know, and, you know, I, that's, that's, those are the million-dollar questions that, that you have to ask yourself as you move forward. And, you know, I, is it a, is it a more of a power guy? Do you need, you need, you need one rock hard nut on the wall, on the wing for the avalanche. And again, the, the, those are just the questions that you have to ask, you know, Joe Sackick, the Sackick has to ask, you know, the, the coaches. And it's just, it's complicated now, again, because how much money can you spend when you're, because the abs are like most clubs up against the cap and trying to bring a guy in, is just not easy, and you know you're going to have to send somebody out to bring somebody in, and 
again, it's it's complicated. And uh, if you want to look at something funny, look at the Avalanche transactions any one day. Guys are going up, down, taxi squad. You know, call. You know, it's just amazing the number of things they've had to do this year. So long, long winded way of saying. You know, I, I don't know if they even know yet. It's what I think it's 18, 17, 18 days till the trade deadline. And what 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 are they going to do, if anything? Of course, coming up here in the next few days, the Avs are finally going to get to play in front of some of the, their own fans, up to 4,000 people at Ball Arena. From a player's perspective, what do you think just having some fans in the building is going to do for guys being fired up as they get into the third and fourth months of the season? You know, I, I truly don't know because it's that all of these things have been brand new. I, the one thing I did say to myself as I was watching the games in the bubble, it must be a really good game. It, it must be really fun to play. because If you watch those games in the bubble, the intensity, the way that it was paid, played, you couldn't tell that there were no fans in those buildings. And it's really, you know, there is... Uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to play in, in a couple of games, that I'm obviously broadcast games, where there is that feeling inside of the building that is just so much fun to be a part of. You know, my favorite Avalanche game, aside from the you know the winning the cup here, uh, you know, one was this, uh, a game they played against St. Louis, where they clinched a playoff spot, game eighty-two, and I, I swear, I just looked around. And every single person was hugging every single person around them, whether they knew them or not. And that's that's the fun part. And the players were, uh, you know, enjoying it. So I think it's going to add something. It's going to be interesting to see if it stays at four. Does it grow to eight? Does it grow to twelve? And which buildings are going to be more full than others? Uh, you know, and that's that. That is going to be sort of the, you know, what you watch. But I think the players are going to enjoy the heck out of having fans because they. The one time they did was in Arizona, and there was about a thousand Avalanche fans. And the, every player talked about how much fun it was to, you know, to have the fans there. So I, I think it's going to be great. Okay, I want to narrow it down real quick. We only have about thirty seconds left, and knowing me, I'll ask a question that probably goes forty-five seconds. Let's okay. just say, for the sake of argument, Eric Johnson, who's had trouble staying healthy, it's going to be touch and go with him, and with Francois, it's going to be touch and go with him as we get to the trade deadline. If both guys are touching, going, you're really not sure because, Peter, I know you're not in the locker room. Would you rather have a backup goalie who has a history of staying healthy or do you want one of the two defensemen that Nashville has, Ryan Ellis or Mateus Ekholm, who's going to cost you nothing and he's still one of the best all-around defensemen in the league? Who would I want? I mean, those are all players. I mean, you'd love to have. You can pick That's one. You, you, you can pick one. You can, You want the defenseman to kind of replace Eric Johnson, or do you want a backup goalie that has a history of staying healthy? You, you're looking at your most valuable player, Grubauer, and you. You know, I think that that is this this guy. Now again, now what we're looking at is, uh, you, you know, the the backup guy coming from Buffalo. Uh, is he going to be that guy? So you got to look at him for at least give him a chance to, you know. Uh, to play so you know again that's why i sit here you and i sit here and talk you know we can go back and forth on which one it would be better and what's in the system and all of these things and the but the avalanche will obviously need to make the right choice as they move forward into the playoffs 
Will Joe be okay? I hope it's it's Jonathan Bernier. Is that how you pronounce his name? Goaltender yep. for Detroit. Yep. Will uh, Will Joe be tarred and feathered if he makes a trade for a uh, Detroit Red Wing? No, because if okay. it was <laughs> if it was Bernier, he's been here and he was part of a great run. Right. Where they got it. He was that goaltender that night against St. Louis, right. where they where they won that game, and he had a great stretch. So that that's a different kind of get than okay. going out and bringing Chris Draper in. <laughs> or Todd Bertuzzi for as well, good as he was, yeah. right? Yeah, yes, yes, for sure. The most gentlemanly interview we've had all week from a guy who was a Lady Bing finalist too many times and should have won. Peter McNabb, my friend, always great catching up with you. Guys, take care. And I, uh, it, it, I'll tell you one thing: it is, it's fun watching these guys. So that's no. that's mm-hmm. the part yeah. that I'm really excited for. These four thousand people coming in they haven't seen him yet no one's seen them yet they are going to go wow are these guys good peter have a great weekend my friend you too guys take care all right coming up after the break a rocky mountain forest products gambling challenge with the guys from the just us guys podcast they want to go ncaa you want to go ncaa we're going ncaa why wouldn't i want to go oral roberts against arkansas they want us to pick with the spread and syracuse against houston that's next